Content Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Jonathan Bearded, Lene Blevins. Jonathan Lene, how are you, buddy? I love that you call me Lene. I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Uh, I, I'm doing good. I think you like it a lot more knowing that Allison doesn't like it. I think that's yep. the big reason that you like it now. Yep. Although she is probably my favorite person on the entire podcast um, after these last few weeks. She's, she's, she's up there for me, too. She's the nicest. <laughs> she's the nicest to me. Is she? She is by far the nicest to me. Don't get me wrong. Liv is super sweet and nice, but I feel like Liv's super sweet and nice to everybody. I f- just a vibe I get. I um, Just a vibe I get when I drive by six people to five I hit. <laughs> Um, I feel like uh, I feel like you like her because uh, it's the first woman you flirted with, not your wife, in like ten years. Ooh, no, that's not true. That's not true. She's a little old for me. Uh, it's don't not, tell her I said that though. She, I know she has listened to the podcast, so she won't no, hear this. Like you, one hundred percent flirted with her when we were all together on episode three hundred. So when you said that's not true, no. I thought you meant that you flirt with a lot of women. <laughs> I am. Oh no! I no. I am. A, I'm a naturally a flirtatious person, maybe. But just because I thought that that whole thing was fun, doesn't that's not flirting. I just think. I just think that there was a vibe to that episode that if it was an every episode could make you the biggest Catholic podcast. No, I I'd I'd quit. I'd quit. <laughs> he says I'd quit. I'd quit. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Uh, I I'm not sure if. Uh, I always thought that getting all the co-hosts together was a special occasion and we would save it for special occasions. That's why we don't do it all the time. But now I realize that the podcast would implode if we did it more often. Oh, so, great. Yeah. Hey, I have a crazy cool fact for you. Okay. I met and am now friends with a priest who is working with someone, I think, from Ascension who is doing the Bible in a year in Spanish. Have you met him or are you doing that podcast? Are you editing that? No, I'm not. I don't yeah, know Spanish, very, John. It would be really hard to edit a podcast in a language. Oh, that's I a good understand. point. <laughs> Sorry, I sometimes assume that you know Spanish. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. So that's anyway, he's very nice. And apparently, the Bible in the air in Spanish is a cool thing. Oh, yeah. Me llamo Padre Mike. <laughs> See? You did it. <laughs> La Biblia in el año. I did it. <laughs> See? See, you could do it. Yeah, the intro, and then I'd be screwed. <laughs> Uh, John, one of the things that um, that you and I both love is is video games and parenting. We talk about those two things quite a bit, actually, when on, on the episodes that we are together. Ooh. And I have a story that actually combines the two. I had, okay. um, and, and I don't think everybody will understand the impact of this, but I had like legitimately one of my coolest parenting moments this, this week. Um, I'm excited. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, I introduced my son to Fortnite. So he okay. uh, he has my old Xbox One because I got the Series X, you know, last year or whatever. Um, and the gift, his gift for Christmas was a controller, like a brand new controller for that Xbox or whatever, right? Old yeah. Xbox, new controller. But he has all my games and like, but he was still learning how to play, you know, mostly playing like platformers and like kids games, right? Um, but when my wife got a job a few weeks ago and now I work at home and the kids are home with me every day and then she's off at work, it's like, I can't, I, I can't, you know, spend time with them 24 seven while, while we're at home. <laughs> so it's like, I had to fill in with something. So I said, Fortnite's going to be your dad for a little while. Right. So yeah. let him play Fortnite. Can you guess how many wins he's, he's gotten so far, John, in the last like th- two, three weeks that he's been playing this game. How old is he? He's nine. He's using a controller. He is on an Xbox. Yep. And he's playing by himself. Yep. I'm going to go with 21. He has five, which is. Oh, that's five is still a lot. I said 21 because it's skill based. So he could be winning and then it puts him in higher base matchmaking. But I was thinking if he's playing with bots a lot, he could be winning a ton. So this is his first shooter that he's ever played. So you made it sound way less impressive than it actually is. Well, no, because I thought you were going to say like 50. (laughs) Because if these kids like my kids haven't played yet, they're younger than yours. But if I feel like if they did, they'd be better than me in a month. Yeah. Well, that's not very hard. Uh, we've all seen your streams, John. <laughs> you know how, like, on this show, like, everybody that I bring on is more popular than me? Everybody that you bring on your stream is better at the game than you. <laughs> oh, that is not even close to true. I, I, I would say other than your two co-hosts, other than the two Marcos, um, 
everybody that everybody else that comes on, your, your brother, Bonsai, all these guests and stuff, they're all way better than you, and you get carried every single Interesting. time. Interesting. Interesting that you think that. You watch one game of stream, if that. Hmm. Yeah, and it, I, it's hmm. all I need. It's all I You've need. You've watched about as much of my stream as I've listened to your podcast. That is not true. I've I've watched way more of your stream. I don't know. Me. You watch like 10 minutes at a time. Yeah, One podcast is like years. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of years. It's some quick math. That's like old. 800 hours that I've watched your stream, John. We're getting old. And I, f- I always force everybody to give to give you money on my behalf whenever I come in. It's a, it's a great kind. thing we have going on. So he has five wins by himself. And, dude, the joy on his face whenever he won oh, his yeah. first one. I saw his first one. I missed, like, two and three. I saw four, okay. and then I missed five. Well, then... You know, I like the whole the whole part point of this was I was really busy. Sam was really busy, so we had to give him something. You know, the girls like watching him too, so it was a, it was a really cool thing for them to do here at yeah. the end, end of the summer, right? Well, um, I was tr- like I was home for like two days out of two weeks, just traveling. We had a, a, our second men's retreat, which was really cool. We my wife and I went on vacation, which was really cool. Um, but we were only home for two days, so I was really busy. Well, finally, I get home from all that traveling, and I said, "Okay, Chris." I've got I've got my Series X in and in, in like and like on like the big TV in the living room. I'll play there. I'll bring my monitor in that I use for streaming. You know, that's when I stream two or three times a year. You know, um, set up got him set up on the PlayStation. So here we have the big TV with yeah. the little monitor right in front of it. And we, my my son and I played Fortnite together for the first time, and it Amazing. was like this incredible moment of like we're sharing this thing that that I love, that he loves, and it's like it's the begin like he's nine, we can do this for years. <laughs> yeah, this the bonding that that can happen with that is is amazing, and, you're, and there's an objective. You're working together towards a goal. Have you guys won a game yet? We did. So that was that was the big moment as we won a game, and dude, just. Just the whole house lit up. The girls, the, the the girls were excited. Me and Chris were excited. We're hugging and going crazy. Like it was, it, like that was the moment. All of that was the build up to the moment that we won. It was just like we we did it, man. Because we've played other games together. Like we played, you know, let's go Pikachu. And we beat we beat that game together. We we played um, Yoshi's Crafted World. So like those two were like kids games that we beat together right yeah this is the first time that we played a game that like obviously kids can play fortnite but like a game that i've played for myself that like i i really enjoy and like he's part of it now and it's just really exciting and the fact that we won together it was it was just really cool and he's like he's gotten so good he's better at sniping than i am (laughs) i'm terrible at sniping (laughs) that's amazing i think to, to put this in perspective for your average viewer like fortnite is a battle royale which means about 100 people drop and there's one winner at the end and these are usually real people maybe there's 20 robots in the lobby and then there's real people. So winning, like beating a game like Yoshi, which you're basically facing a computer, or even winning a shooter game that you play, if it's like 4v4 or 8v8, like that's fun. But this is like, you just beat everyone in right. the entire lobby if you win a game like in Fortnite or another Battle Royale. So that's why I think it's so different and so cool and so hype and why people get so excited when they actually win. You're not just beating one player or one team. You're beating 100 teams. Yeah, dude, it was it's it's, it's so very much cool. fun. It's so much fun. We've gotten like pretty much every game we've played together, we've gotten top ten. We've gotten second a bunch, you know, and just kind of missed out right at right at the end or whatever. Yeah. But we're having an absolute blast, man. And he's he's playing really well and he's learning like now, you know, he's he learned how to play by himself and now he's learning how to play like a, as a teammate, you know, and he's he's a good teammate. It's so much fun. It's it's just very funny. I love it. The bonding. Yeah, so do you have any, like, what are some of your favorite parenting moments? And, like, if you say, like, the baptism of my child, you're going to look, you're going to make me look really bad. <laughs> so, like, favorite parenting no. moments that are, like, fun, you know? You know, for so for my I, my daughter's two, my favorite thing to do ever with her is to, she now likes to play catch. And so playing catch with her or reading her books, like, she will snuggle me up. It's my favorite thing ever. My six and seven-year-old boys um my favorite things to do with them they well they don't really play games yet but they're we do pokemon go together and it's such a fun thing either we're snuggling on the bed and doing raids and stuff or walking around and like looking for stuff and doing challenges and they just get so excited if we find shinies of anything uh and they just love that and then the the boys have a ton of pokemon cards because they're wildly spoiled not just by us but like their uncles and aunts buy them all kinds of pokemon stuff um and so just recently they started getting into the the card game and so we've been building decks and I thought it was the nerd. Like, I've never grew up playing Magic the Gathering or Pokemon cards or anything like that. Like, I collected, you know, basketball and football cards. But my kids love it. And so I, I was getting annoyed the last few months. I was like, Daddy, we'll, let's play Pokemon Battle with our cards. And I was like, no, you don't know how to play. Like, I'm not going to sit there and make, have you make up rules where I die every time. 
let's play for real. And so finally I said that and they're like, just the other day, they're like, yeah, let's play for real. So I built them decks with their cards and then built my own from some of their cards. And then we started actually playing the the actual Pokemon card battle and they're in love. Now, like I'm working right now, they're like uh, all day today. And like, when are you off so we can build another deck and do another <laughs> battle? And it's that bo- that bonding time is unbelievably fun. That's awesome. uh, those are my favorite things to do. Playing catch with all my kids, Pokemon cards, and uh, and reading books. It's funny because my my son uh, is super into Pokemon cards as well. And one of the cool things that like, so like, you know, there's times where I'm like, okay, y'all go watch TV. Chris, go play Fortnite or whatever. And then about lunchtime, I'm like, okay, like, y'all go find something to do that's not a screen. And what's really cool is like, typically they do stuff together. And one of the things that they do, they don't know the rules for the real Pokemon into the card game, right? And I think <laughs> yeah. we don't have enough energy cards for those that know the, sure. the, the, the and trainers. Game. Yeah. So it's like we have all the like cards that have actual pokemon on them but there's other cards that you need to play the game and those don't come in like the regular packs you have to like buy special ones for that and they my kids just like the pokemon so they've built out their entire own way to play this game with rules <laughs> and like it's not at first i thought my son would just make up all the rules because he's the oldest and, and uh but like you know he wins every now and then the uh, the middle child wins every now and then the, do- the the baby wins every now and then so it's really fun to watch them like play with the cards but also like making it up and like it's not a fight every time it's very nice yeah <laughs> i love that and wh- i, I want to throw this in too one of my favorite things so i took my oldest to the michigan big 10 championship football game against iowa last year in indy and it was so fun and this year i bought tickets just the other day my friend to the lions washington game in detroit um, my wife and both our oldest sons are going to come with us. It'll be their first time at Ford Field. Bro, and you know how diehard Lions I am. Like, uh, the, my first time there, I was maybe 12. You walk in, it was my first, I, I grew up in, born in Detroit, but moved away when I was six. And then grew up in the Chicagoland area. So there's not Lions stuff at the stores by me. I don't see people in Lions hats at gas stations or at grocery stores. Um, but, but when I went to Ford Field and I looked around and everyone was in that gear. Right. <laughs> I, I was like, this is Disney World. I didn't know what Disney World was, but I was like, this is the greatest thing of all time. I'm home. Uh, and so I can't wait. <laughs> yes, it felt like that. It really did. I was like, this is for me. I belong here. And my boys are going to feel that. And I can't wait. I told my wife, I was like, you're going to record it because I don't want to, I want to see it with my eyes. Like I need to see it. You get it on screen so we can remember it forever. But I'm watching their faces when they walk in and see the Jumbotron and the logo and shake hands with the players before the game. It's going to be crazy cool. Man, that's so selfish, John. You don't want your wife to experience this with her kids? She will, too, but it's a little different. She's a Lions fan because of me, you know? I don't get I should get, like, money from the Lions. My brother is a Lions fan because of me. I, I, I literally forced him to watch games with me in college, and now he gets box seats for free. You know, I'm, I'm, like, ah, come on. I, I seem to remember you being on the sideline for a game recently, John. I think they've done right by you. I think they retweeted they, a they bunch send of me tweets. Christmas. I, they I, I, sent me Christmas I gifts. I think they've um, treated you well, John. I think you don't want to disparage them because we all know the Lions front office listens to this podcast. <laughs> they do. They do. Hi, we love you. Yeah. Uh, they might not, but I'll, tef- I'll definitely take that clip and post it. I'll tag you and them just, just to see what they say. Okay, please don't ruin my relationship with them. They send me Christmas gifts. You'll have to become a Packers fan. No! I'd sooner become a Broncos fan. You are? I would sooner become a Bronco fan than a Packer fan. Because of Russell Wilson? or because They have a brand new owner, and I used to like John Elway a lot, so why not? You just like new things, huh? Yeah. Uh, just like all the new things that are being made up at the masses in your diocese. <laughs> exactly (laughs) big fan of the new oh man okay so i have one more that's weird because a lot of the things that i that i've shared that you've shared are like pretty typical you know like dad and their kid moments right i have one that i think maybe saying this out loud maybe one person will be like yeah we've done something similar to that but i have one really weird one because it's oddly specific to me and oddly specific to my two girls they both did it when they were about two to three years old okay um, I'm ready. Uh, it's a, it's constantly about 180 degrees in Texas. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I walk around my house without a shirt on most times. Right. So I'll be laying in my bed without a shirt on. I'll be like on my phone or on my iPad or whatever. And my girls will just run into the bed. They'll jump under the bed and we'll snuggle and we'll cuddle for a while. Right. That's the normal yep. part. The abnormal part is like when I start wrestling with them, I'll get on my belly. Right. And then I'll be laying on, on, on my stomach. And this has been a, it, it, they both naturally did it, did not know the other did it, but they looked at my back and they said, daddy, what's that? 
and it was a mole. I have, I have, I have uh, at least one mole on my back, right? So yeah. the the thing was, I, I have more than one mole on my back. Uh, on my back, my daughters learned how to count by counting the moles on my back. One no mole, way. two mole, <laughs> three mole, and they would touch them, right? And yeah. my love language is physical touch. So it's like that's how I fell in love with my daughters. <laughs> they learned Counting to count. the moles on your back. <laughs> and like it was one of those things. There was a phase for both of them. It was about a year each, and now it's over, and I'm kind of sad. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is that is definitely unique, and I was not gonna guess that. Yeah, nobody would. I think I might be the only one. Uh, I think I might be the only one. Very, they learned they learned to to count, and I uh grew in my love for them. It's a bl- that was a blessing given to you by the Lord, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, all the moles. 87 You never knew that back. until you yeah. had kids. You thought it might be the reason you would never have kids right, at one for, point. For sure. It's right? Right. I have a lot of moles as well. I was a little insecure about the moles growing up. But the kids think they're cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay, do you have a weird one? Do I have a weird, like a weird bonding moment with my kids? A weird... Hmm... Man, off top of my head. We all know you're completely normal. I don't think so. There's nothing weird about you. There's definitely weird things about me. I'm trying to, uh, I mean, so this, I don't know if this is weird. I don't know if anyone else does this, but I've not seen other people do this. My wife and I are very goofy. Like we're, we will, we will break out into loud song or weird dance at any given moment uh, all, all the time. Um, and our kids will just come, will just join us. So I think some of my favorite moments are where we're just like playing downstairs, playing catch, playing football, whatever. And then they play a song on Google that comes on and we all just sing it at the top of our lungs and dance around and go crazy. I know that every family sings and dances in some way, but we are weird with it. Right. Like we'll move in weird ways. Like we're laughing. We're, and so we, we do that often. Like, well, my kids will be sitting at the table eating breakfast. My wife and I'll just come out there and just start literally singing, going crazy. And they'll be like, stop, stop. Or they'll join <laughs> us. And they, they love it. They're very musical. At least the two older ones who sing quite a bit. Um, so they take after their mom in that way. Anyway, that's, that's probably the weirdest thing we do is just break out into random song, either driving or uh, just hanging out in the house. I, I, it's, it's interesting because I kind of asked about your kids and I feel like I learned something new about your wife. Uh, I, I did not know that your <laughs> wife was silly because she's always very serious in conversations uh, that you have with her about me because I don't think she likes me. So uh, hearing that she's fun and playful is actually news to me. <laughs> yes, no, she. Oh, she is. It, she definitely <laughs> doesn't show that side to everyone, but with the kids, she is an absolute silly, silly person. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm happy that she's happy. Um, Final thing, final thought, while we're on the topic of family, I wanted to bring this up with you uh, because yeah. you have you have two sons and a daughter. Yes. Yep. OK. I have one son and two daughters. Uh, you have how many brothers? I have two brothers. OK. Um, so I'm going to read you this quote from St. Clement of Alexandria. You ready for yeah. this? OK. Mm-hmm. When you see your brother, you see God. So as a, as a, as a guy who has two kids, as a guy who has two brothers, what does that what does that statement mean to you? Man, you threw me on the you put me on the spot here. I sure did twice. But I'm gonna give the most I'm gonna give the most just stereotypical, but it's an answer I 100 percent believe in. You can see God in anyone. There is a special relationship that brothers can have, both physical brothers like same parents, but also I think just brothers like friends, broships. Um, in scripture, it says that David preferred the love of Jonathan to that of a woman. Whoa, uh, controversial. I, I'm just saying, like, and, and, you know, of course, I believe that that's just like the, this broship, right? Like, I love, there's something about, like, March Madness and hanging out with all the guys and just and just bonding and sharing that time together. And so you see God, and I think you can see God in anyone, but especially the people you're closest to and the brothers that you have. So, like... That's my answer. If I think of my actual two brothers, think of the the best qualities of either of them. Tyler's like just joy in life and wanting to make people happy around him is is something that reminds me of of God's God's love and joy. And then with my brother Chris, just like the care that he has for wanting to do the right thing. Maybe not even if he knows what the right thing is, but he wants to do the right thing. That moral compass that I think comes from God as well. Like those are my what I would say about my two brothers. Um and then just brother bro ships. Like, yeah, I could I could find like you, uh, your absolute goofy self and willing to put yourself out there in any conversation to get an honest answer from someone is a huge uh, 
thing that I think represents God in you. And I can say that because we're, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm saying, I'm defining brother kind of in two ways, but I think that the, it's true. The statement's true for both. You're very Jesus-like. You're like, who is my brother? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't mean to be. I just like, that's how I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what that, I feel like that's what he meant. What did St. Clement mean? Did he, was he just best friends with his brother? I don't know, man. So here's, here's. Watch him have no brothers. <laughs> right, 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 right. So here was the, here was the funny thing is I, I knew right when I read this, I was going to ask you, because I know that you have a good relationship with your two brothers. Um, and you know, I'm going to read it again. When you see your brother, you see God. And I read it. And my literal first thought was, that's why I have trouble seeing God. I don't have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, okay. So by the way, St. Clement probably didn't either. He probably had 10 sisters and this yeah. was just a dig at them. It was just, yeah, it was just very, yeah, exactly. It was, like, yeah, it was, all, it was actually a really offensive thing that people took as holy, which is kind of like what this show is. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Over the last few episodes, I've been thanking you guys because we finally hit the big milestone of 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. We actually just hit 1,100. It's actually very pretty very pretty exciting. That's what a professional YouTuber and podcaster would say. Uh, but the next big thing that we need your help with is in order to become a YouTube partner, the, the other thing that we need other than 1,000 subscribers is 4,000 hours of watch time. We've got about 22,000, 2,300. But here's where we need your help. One, you could just watch this show on YouTube. If you typically enjoy it on the podcast, we started the podcast five years before YouTube, so a lot, of, a lot of you guys listen on the podcast. If you're listening on the go, that's perfectly fine. But if you're just sitting around the house and you can push play on it, that would be hugely tremendous for us, especially as we make this final push to 4,000 watch hours. Also, I mean, you can cheat the system if you want. Just hit play on a, on a playlist and go run errands or whatever. Go work out. Go to church. Like, go to work. I mean, it'll just play for eight hours while you're at work. It would be really helpful for us. YouTube.com slash Forte Catholic. Just hit play on one of those playlists and see what happens. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Jonathan Bearded Blevins. Um, I learned something new recently, which I feel like I should have learned a long time ago, Jonathan. How to spell the word regret. Uh, no, I know. Oh, no? Okay, what else? I actually know that because of the, the famous tattoo that was spelled incorrectly. I think that's <laughs> yep. how I learned how to, how to spell it. Um, no, for me, it was, uh, it was by listening to the Nate Land podcast. So Nate Bargatze, who is a big comedian that we talk about here, here you know, every now and then. But also one of the co-hosts on that show is Aaron Weber, who is our Christmas guest every year for like the last three years. Every year on yeah. the show, me, Father Anthony, Aaron Weber just get get to have our yearly chat um uh, right, right around our Christmas ep episode. It was actually really, really exciting. He's coming to Brian in like a month. Oh, sweet. Like not College Station, not Houston, not down. Like he's coming to Brian, like our little town. And I'm What's so excited. What's the date? Uh, September something. Tell me. I'm going to. He will be here on September 29th. Ah. Oh. I will be in Houston in September, but not then. That would have been oh, fun. Man. Oh, that man. That have been really that, cool. That would have been really cool for, to, to come up and see him. Um, but on their show, they did a they do like random topics, right? So like they'll, yeah. they'll do like, oh, the 90s. So they'll, you know, they'll talk about like all the big things that happened in the 90s, trends that happened in the 90s. Sort of and then they do like the, you know, the the 70s or whatever but then they'll do other topics like you know time or travel or whatever but they they like one of the ones they come back to is like the the decades right okay um so i've always called all the years that i've been alive i was alive for two and a half months in the 80s that's called the 80s i was alive for all of the 90s all of the 2000s all of the 2010s and then all of that what we've had in the the new roaring 20s right um yeah so those are the those are the terms I've always called those, but I heard that there's actually a a a specific and correct term for the two thousands. Have you ever heard this? What is the Hold correct on, me... term to call the two? You're not supposed to say they're the two thousands because technically that would be all you know all of the twenty first century. No, no. So it's specifically. Specifically, those ten years. So, like, what we call the two thousands, like two thousand through two thousand nine, right? Yeah, I don't think I know this. It's called the aughts. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah, so the a u g h t s, the aughts. Why? Uh, but I, I think I think it's a it's an old term for zeros. 
So like, okay. the, you know, 80s, 90s, zeros is essentially what they're saying. The aughts. Sure. Right. Okay. And then the, and then the tens. So it's just to differentiate because like if you say the 2000s, that could be anywhere after the, the, the year 2000 yeah. until 3000. Right. What are, what are the 2010s? The 2010s. The, the tens. Seriously? The 20s. Yeah. 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 Why not? Okay. This is wild. Because that's this is, it's just more specific. Right. But yeah. like when you say the 2010s. You know it can only mean ten years, but if you say the two thousands, that could mean like if you if you say like sure. the th- the thousands, that could be anywhere from the Middle Ages to you know when we were born. You know? Right. <laughs> so I heard that, and my first thought was, um, I've always called them the two thousands, but the in the two thousands, so uh, um, was I was in junior high, I was in high school. I was in my early years of college, right? So I yeah. heard the aughts, and I, I'm like, okay, that actually does make sense to me. O-U-G-H-T-S. I ought to have done this better. I ought to have done that. <laughs> I was making a lot of mistakes in the 2000s, learning how to be a person. So I was like, I, I, I think I really, like, I, I do have some regrets from, from the 2000s, right? And I often think, like, yeah. if I would have done that differently, what would my life have looked different? Look like differently for that month? What would it look like differently for the next year? Would my, like how much differently would my life look now? The whole butterfly effect thing, right? Like, sure. If, because it's like I have regrets, and the people always typically say, "Oh, don't have regrets because it all led you to where you are now." And like, I totally get that because right. I'm incredibly happy now. I'm happy with the life I have. I'm happy with my wife, my kids. But there's still some things that like I hurt people, and I would love to take that back. Right. So yeah. are you a person that has regrets, Jonathan? What's your, wh- where do you come in on the whole regrets thing? I have many thoughts on this, my friend. First, I'd like to start by defining the word. Oh, a Wikipedia. <laughs> yep. First yeah. thing that popped up. Actually, it says dictionary uh, to feel sad, repentant, or disappointed over something that has happened or been done, especially a loss or a missed opportunity or a feeling of sadness or repentance or disappointment over something that has happened or been done. Okay. That's the same thing. <laughs> or so something I wanted that has to, happened that you were sad about. Or I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to double, I wanted to double check that the, the actual definition because everyone knows when everyone knows what regret means. But does it mean dwelling on? Because I have a lot of regrets, a lot actually. I think most people should have a lot of, like you said, people who like I regret every person I've hurt or wronged. Um, I regret not trying harder in school earlier on did it like did i i finally studied theology and found something i loved and did really well in school there but i bet that i could have been convinced by the right teacher or the right whatever if to to care more about school earlier and i don't know where i'd be now i don't think about it often though i don't often think about the people that i've wronged like i I, i've repented i've hopefully said sorry gone to confession um but i would i change it if i could a hundred percent i think everyone should have regrets at the same time, how do you then learn? Like if you you learn that you learn that you hurt someone by hurting them, yeah. You can't just unless you're Jesus, you can't grow up and not hurt people, right? Yeah. Um, but I but I do think that I could have learned that lesson a lot earlier yeah. <laughs> from hurting less people. So yes, I do have regrets, but I do not dwell on them, nor do I think we should dwell on them. Okay, uh, it, that's that's interesting. It's interesting because part of me thinks that you just contradicted yourself, and that was actually where I was going with 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 the next part of the conversation of the. Yeah, we have to learn from them, but we but we also can't dwell on them, right? So that's actually kind of where my question is: is like, how how can I apply the lessons from the regrets that I have in my life now without dwelling on them and just constantly being sad or beating myself up all the time, right? So I want to make a distinction. Obviously, as Catholics, we should have regrets about things that we just did and to go to the confessional, right? <laughs> like you know, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have done that. Examination of conscience, go to confession. And then we're good. I, I I think we're both talking more about the ones that happened a while ago, years years ago, in the aughts, in the in the tens, in the ninety, like th- those sorts of things. So every now and then, John, like these regrets that I have, like people, especially when it's people that I've hurt, or it's like mistakes that I made then, that maybe I'm making a similar mistake now, or have the temptation to make a similar mistake now. So those memories pop back up, and. I, I and may like I don't know if it's dwell on them, but it's like I do think about them. I might be prompted to pray about them. So like, h- how do you approach those things whenever they pop up again? Like when you remember something that you regret or one of the things that you mentioned, like do you just brush it aside? I'm trying to know what's healthy, right? Like do you just brush it yeah, aside immediately, so- or do you let yourself kind of think about it as a you know you're a more mature and older man now than you were then? How like how do you how do you attack that? Older than you too. Yeah, I mean, um, so it's interesting. 
usually the only time that I think about things I've done really wrong in the past or people I've hurt in the past is when is having the conversation about regret. Seriously. So like, otherwise I've, I've moved, I've moved past it unless there's something that I have a relationship I haven't healed that needs healing. Um, so I, the example I think of the most is I, and I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show or not, but it's the example I think of every time when I think of regrets for some reason, Joel Stepanek, uh, a good friend of ours, um, great man. My best friend is married to his wife, Colleen. He was dating someone else that I was friends with at the time. We were all friends together. Um, and they had just kind of recently broken up and he and Colleen had just recently kind of started to date. And, but because we all kind of hung out all together all the time, way before they all broke, before the breakup and kind of new relationship was happening. And I like, I'm a huge people pleaser. I invited the same 20 ish people out that night that I always invited. Right. And so, uh, I invited both the girls and it really hurt Colleen that I wouldn't have thought. Not that she didn't want me, want me to invite this other person, but that like she knew it would be awkward. I didn't think about it. And she's like, you just at the expense of not wanting to like offend anyone, you really hurt me like one of your best friends. And I was like, oh, my God, I felt horrible. I felt right. horrible. I said, sorry, I didn't even know what to, I couldn't I couldn't uninvite someone. So I just felt horrible for weeks. And I apologized many times. Um, but that, but now I only ever think about that when we talk about regrets, because I learned from it. I try I try to understand that I am a people pleaser. And so I try not to to hurt the people closest to me um, by trying to please people who I'm not that close with. And so I don't think about that often unless I'm thinking about regrets. So I think the healthy thing is to learn your lesson. I think you can learn that lesson over the course of a month or two and then to not think not think about it anymore. I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting that like I, I, w- I, I kind of wish I could do that. I, like I'm a little envious of you because uh, t- two two regrets pop up for me quite a bit. Um Somebody that I, you know, a girl that I hurt that I was dating, and we, we you know, we, I, I hurt her feelings pretty bad. We broke up, and like, it still hurts me that I hurt her, right? Like, I, I feel like I've never fully been able to apologize. Like, you know, I said a bunch of sorries then, but it's like now being older, it's like I look back and I'm like, I'm actually more sorry now than I was then because I understand sure. more, you know. Um, that pops up, and it doesn't happen all the time, but like, if I hurt my wife's feelings or if I hurt her. Like the all those feelings rush back from 2006 or whatever it was when the first time that I really hurt somebody that I that I cared about that I loved right, yeah. um, so that one pops up for me, um, and I and it saddens me. It kind of like compounds the situation because it's like yes, I'm older and I've learned and like through that relationship, you know, I I learned how to treat a woman. I learned how to you know be be kind and gentle and loving and those sorts of things, but. Um, Every now and then, I, like I, I'm still a jerk sometimes, right? And like I'll still hurt people, and it's like so. Every time I do that, kind of like the hurt and the pain from that last one, from that really old one, comes back, right? Sure. Um, and then like there, there was something that happened recently um, with with a friend. There was a lot of relationships. Um, There's a relationship that I had that just ended two years ago, right, right before, right around COVID. Like we were really good friends. And then we just kept defending each other just over and over, just kind of spiraling down. Right. So, you know, I, you know, at the time, you know, I thought it was like kind of all his fault. He, he thought it was all my fault. And then with hindsight, like I went back and looked at the messages. I'll tell you why in a second. I went back and looked at the messages about a week or two ago. And I was like, oh, like I, I was a jerk. Right. And it was like I was I was being a jerk because I was hurt. Right. But that's still not an excuse. Like we were just constantly right. like being rude to each other. And like it spiraled down to like playful into hurtful into like just being jerks, you know, um, yeah. and it ended the relationship. And the reason it popped up was it was kind of a providential thing. Um, multiple people kept saying like, oh, how's so and so? And it's like, I don't know, because they don't know that that relationship ended. Right. Um, I, I, yeah. don't, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how that person's doing. Um, and then I was doing this men's retreat and they were like, hey, you should invite this person. You should invite this like five, six different people of their yeah. own volition told me to invite this person. So like it popped back up. Right. Where I'm like, I need to go back and like think through this, pray through this. And essentially I did. And good came out of it. Like I kind of I. I sent a message for the first time apologizing. 
apologizing. Yeah, for, that is good. For, yeah, apologizing for being a jerk and inviting this person back into my life. Now I haven't heard anything back, <laughs> so maybe it's maybe it's too far gone. But I did my I did I did my part, right? So I share those two examples because it's two different things, right? There's the one where it popped back up, not of my own volition. And I did something about it, right? And there's the other one yeah. that's just kind of probably one of my biggest regrets. And it just pops up randomly and I can't really do anything about it. So those are like the two that like really pop up to me when I think about regrets. Interesting. I think, I mean, you do the right thing. I, I can't think of a relationship in, that in my adult life that like I don't have anymore that's because of, that's unresolved. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I like it's either resolved, like we're good and we're not friends anymore or like, um, or we've just resolved it and we're still good friends. So I hear you. I I can't, I can't share in the same experience. You just can't relate because you're a better person than me. That's what no, I'm No, it's not that. No, bro. It's probably because of my biggest insecurity of wanting of, I would never be able to get to, to go mean, 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 mean message and not at least resolve it. Like I couldn't do that. Cause I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I can't have someone hate me. So I would have to figure that I would have figured it out. That's a flaw. Not a good thing. I don't think is that I'd have to, I, even if they deserved it, I'd probably be like, can we not hate each other? <laughs> right. Uh, so, but no, but but I'm with you on the whole, like, my biggest regret as a group of people that I treated poorly is any girl I ever dated um, that, like, I just didn't treat the way that, you know, I would want someone to treat my daughter. In many ways I did, but in the ways I didn't. Um, I, and I, every, I will think of that every once in a while, um, especially when thinking of how I'm raising my daughter, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because it's like one of my one of my really good friends. Every time I every time it pops up, I mean not every time, but a lot of times I, when it pops up, I, I just text him like because he was around, you know, he like knows the whole story, and I was like, I'm thinking about it again, and it's just like I know it's not healthy, but it's one of those things. It's like it, I can't really help, I can't really help it popping up, right? Right. So it's it's this: how much do I dwell on it and try to learn from it? In fact, feel sorrowful for it. It's like I've confessed it, you know, like I like I've I've moved past that part. But it's just like every now and then it's like, oh, like I'm still that, you know, 16 year old jerk every now and then, you know, yeah. Holy crap. That was half my life ago. I just said in. <laughs> I'm 32. Yeah, get over it. 16 when it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe by uh, what's what's 32 plus 16? 48. Maybe by 48. Yeah. I'll be 48. Over it. <laughs> Let's just call it an even 50. Yeah. <laughs> then you can offend when you're 50. You can just offend people and not be sorry. That's the thing that happens. I heard. I think it's much later than that. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, any other thoughts on on regrets? How I should handle mine? I don't know. I mean, you. It sounds like you've maybe. Here's the thing, bro. This is where you have to bring a therapist on. I there are people that I have not had the chance to apologize to when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, um, that I don't even know if I'd be able to get a hold of. That I'm like, it would it be? It would probably do more harm than good to even just reach out and and say sorry. Yeah. Right, be weird almost. Yeah. So I'm kind of like I pray for them. I, I prayed for them all, like in one specific moment during adoration. Made sure I confessed it all, and now I try not to ever think about it again. I'm pretty good at blacking stuff out. Not not sure if that's healthy though. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll try your version. You try mine, and we'll report back next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sent out 20 apology letters. I'll, you know how it goes. <laughs> that's too funny. Um, let's see. Uh, so. This is a question that I heard on a podcast the other day. I was already thinking about this segment, and then I heard this on another podcast. If you could see what your life would look like if you made different decisions, would you want to see it? Not would you want to live it, but like if right now, like on a television screen, if you're like, you know, when I was 16, I made this decision. If I would have made a different yeah. decision, would, would you want to know? A hundred. Well, uh, that's okay. See that my initial reactions? Yes. Why not? Give me, give me one hour. I'll give you 10 decisions and I want to see in that one hour, the 10 different ways my life would have gone. Sure. Why not? It'd be kind of fun. But then I think about it and it's like, but if I saw something like crazy, you know, where it's like, man, I wish I was, I wish I would have done that because it's somehow better than my life now. Would I dwell on that? I'd like to think that I would say no, but I can't give an honest answer. I, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut and just say, yes, I'd like to see it. Oh, see, this is, this is, this is where we differ. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't live with myself. Whether it was like, because if there was any part of my life that would better that was better, I'd be sad thinking about it all the time. Like if you had a Rolls Royce, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> "It's so funny." But dude. here's the thing: wouldn't the things you love, like, so let's say you have the Rolls Royce, but you don't have the family you have now? You, there's not a scenario, even if you have a, a, a you know a, a wife and eight kids, that you, you there's not a scenario that you'd be like, 
I wish I would have done that and lose your family. I mean, if it's Giselle Bunchen I'm married to, I mean, you never know. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm worried about. I mean, uh, see, okay, so that wouldn't bother me because I would see the Rolls Royce and I'd see a different person who's not my actual wife and I'd be like, ah, nope, would never give her up or the kids. But it would have been your wife, though. That, that's the problem. If you would have, yeah, but if, I love my if, wife if, and kids if, now, if, so that's what would make it easy. If, but you would have never met her. <laughs> I, this, if you would have studied in college, yes. you'd be married to, to, to Giselle Bunchen right now. I that I think that's another good question. I don't know how much time we have left in the segment, but I would like to know, like, I, I what would I what decisions for me would I have made differently? Like, you know what I mean? Which if you could pick five scenarios or five decisions that you made. Which ones would you want to change I've, and then I, see where I, your life goes? I've got three immediately, and I could probably come up with the other two. My list. My, my very first – go ahead. My, my, uh, I'm not sharing them. <laughs> oh, I will. Like for me, my first one, I, I when I went to community college, I my goal was to be like a sports broadcaster. And um, my first professor told me that he – this is how he started class. And I'll never forget. I should find out his name and write him a letter and tell him he's a jerk. Um, he he said – I. I taught at Northwestern University. I'm here now because I'm retired. And if you've seen J.A. Adonde, remember him? He's on ESPN all the time around the around the horn. Yeah. Uh, pardon the interruption sometimes as a sub. J.A. Adonde, I was his teacher. And I'm just here to let you know that none of you will be the next J.A. Adonde. Like at this school, in this college, no shot. And I was just like, oh, okay. I would well, have raised my hand and said, sorry, sir, I'm shooting higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but I literally quit. I, I quit the class, and I was like, "Oh well, I guess sports broadcasting is not for me." Like, if this isn't the right college to be in, and then I end up getting paid the last two years to host every NFL game. You know, so like maybe I could have done it. I, so I would like to see if I didn't quit that, where would I go? But then I wouldn't have moved to Wisconsin and met my wife in theology. So, but I, I would like to see that one. Just see, why not? Take a little snapshot, see what happens. See, I can't do it. Now I'm going to flip the question. Um, I, I I couldn't live with it. I couldn't live with it, knowing any little thing would be different. It would it would break my brain. It, it really would. Um, but, I love that about you. No, it, w- it would break me. It would break me. Um, but um, whether it was better or worse, either way, it would break me. Um, I would love though. Um, when I'm discerning a branching decision tree, <laughs> I would love to see the future of like, so you want to see the future. If I want, if I make this decision, will it go this way? If I make this decision, will it go, this? even if it's just like a five days ahead, like that would be really helpful for me. I mean, that would, yeah, it'd be helpful for everyone. Yeah. Will I, should I invest in SHIB? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was, what was I going to say? Oh, um, here's, here's two of my more recent regrets. We'll end on a little lighter note. You ready for this? Yeah. Have you hired babysitters that you don't know? No. Okay. So we have a we have a service in town that's um like whatever, babysitters.com or babysitters of BCS or you know our, our area or whatever. And they're all like vetted, like so it's a company and all these it's usually college girls, they're all vetted, they've been background sure. checked, they've been through like the safe environment stuff and all that stuff. So whenever we need to, we just we just pay for them to come over, right? And they've all been tremendous. We've have we have had no problems. Like I tend to, I, I always ask my oldest, like if anything weird happened, you know, like that, like nothing, yeah. nothing's ever been a problem, right? There's never yep. been anything weird. Um, but you're 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 on TikTok. You've got your bearded Blevins TikTok, right? And one of the things that TikTok does is there's the like these are the for you like the things that we think that you'll like, and then there's that other tab that it's like, hey, these are people that you either follow or contacts that you have in your phone. And some of the contacts that I have in my phone are these baby, these babysitters that have watched my kids and I have seen scrolled through quickly. I'll put it that way. More thirst traps than I would like to imagine with these, (laughs) with these girls that watch my kids. So there's a little bit of regret in the girls that I have (laughs) hired to watch my children. They were great with my kids. They're just a little wild on the days they're not here. Yeah, that's dude. That the, you just made me thankful for all the babysitters that we have around here. Yeah, uh, my wife and I just found a gem. We're in Mass, and I knew this girl's mom because I worked at the church, and I but I didn't know like I didn't know she had kids. I didn't know how old her kids were, and she was like literally turning around and playing with my kids the entire Mass. Turns out she's in eighth grade, just got her babysitter license. I got a babysitter locked up for five years now. You shouldn't say locked up. I got a babysitter for five years now. <laughs> It's incredible stuff. Shade to my radiator. <laughs> Dude, we went through the whole like interview process. Like she loves my kids and the kids love her. And I was, I told all my friends, I was like, I, you're not stealing her. I'll pay her 30 bucks an hour and go broke before I ever let her go somewhere else. Here's the difference between me and you, Jonathan. 
I'd yep. I'd rather hire not not in a weird way. I would rather rehire some of these girls that I now know. I have now seen their TikToks because they're college girls than an eighth grader to watch my kids. Oh no, not me, man. Oh, I was a great eighth grade no, babysitter. Eighth grade is too young, man. Too young for my kids. Can't do it. So uh, maybe Are your I'm, kids just like little devil kids, or no, no. I just, I just, I, I trust those trap TikTok girls more than I do eighth graders. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. That's what's different about us. All right, you ready for one sad one? Yeah. Um, here's one of my regrets, and I might actually get sad about this. Oh gosh. Yeah. You just said end on a light note. I know. I, I should have done this one first. Uh, I didn't read my notes fast enough. I was so engaged in our conversation. <laughs> um. I had a very sad moment about two weeks ago, and my regret yeah. is that I have gained so much weight. Oh, wow. I, the, I, I had this moment where I, I, I bought rollerblades because I was super into rollerblading whenever I was a kid. Um, and it helped me, you know, stay in good shape and the great shape that we, you know, we always laugh about that happened 10 years, you know, that I was 10 years ago, all those sorts of things. Right. Um, I bought rollerblades cause I thought it'd be a fun way to stay in shape. I didn't know that rollerblades had a weight limit and they 100% do. Okay. Um, I did not know that either. So I bought these rollerblades. I tried to rollerblade them in them. I damn near broke my ankle because like my, they can't support my body weight. So I'm like shaking the whole time that riding never happened before. I like, because I was a sprinter, I was incredibly good at roller skating because it's the same motion, sure. right? You know, it's just, it's just rolling, running. Right. It, yeah. It, it talk about things that broke me. It broke me for like three or four days. And I was like, I'm too fat to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> no. You've got this, my friend. So so I was really sad for a little while and have dealing with regrets, right? Of of like how much weight that I've lost. Um, we had a lot of action items. I've been eating a lot better. Um I, I, I think it I think I think that was kind of the wake up call that I needed for all this weight that I've gained. Of like, I can't even rollerblade, man. Like, that's ridiculous, dude. So, um, yeah. I've been eating a lot better. We bought a stationary bike for the house, so I don't even have to drive to the gym to do that anymore. Um, yep. So it was like it was like it was sad, but it was like a good wake up call of like, okay, I have this regret for how much weight that I've gained, and that was the wake up call I needed to be like, okay, I got to do something about this because I can't, I, I literally can't stay like this. So. Yeah, well, dude, you're going to look back 10 years from that moment and you're going to be like, you could look at that now regret as the biggest blessing of your life. I'll almost be that 48 that we talked about earlier. <laughs> you will. Uh, but I, I, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That's, I think that's cool. I'm glad you shared it. Yeah, I was real sad, man. I was, I was, I was depresso. I drank some espresso uh, and then I gave up espresso because it wasn't good for me. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's our sad ending to what was a very fun segment about regret. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You've made it two thirds of the way through the podcast. Well, at least two thirds of the way through the segments. I'm, I'm proud of you. You did it. You made it here. If you've made it this far, that probably means you have enjoyed something. If you did, um, if you enjoy the ministry that we are doing here, if you enjoy the show, if you've enjoyed any of our retreats, our talks, um, any, any of the other shows that we work with, we would very much invite you to, um, to, to show a little thank you to, uh, to the ministry, show a little thank you to God by supporting us financially. ForteCatholic.com slash donate. We are a uh, Catholic nonprofit, a 501c3, so it's just like giving to your giving to your church for tithing. Uh, the government says it's A-OK. -okay. We'll send you a you know a tax deductible thing at the end of the year. It's like actually legit for the last couple of years. So um, we would very much just invite you, if even if it's you know five bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, $50 a month, or if you can't give monthly and you're just like, hey, I like this episode in particular. You can give a one-time donation as well. ForteCatholic.com slash donate. We thank you in advance. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That's Jonathan Lene Bearded Blevins. Uh, John. Yeah. I had a thought the other day because I went out into the Texas Hill Country twice in the last month for, the, for our men's retreats, right? I talked about the first one with Father Anthony. We just had our second one this past weekend, and it was tremendous. Um, so when we go out to the Hill Country, there are hills right but, imagine but there are some very tall hills some of which here in texas we call like the mountain right so if there's a bunch yep. of hills we'll call the biggest one in the air like the biggest one you can see a mountain and then i was like well i was thinking about it when i was driving through these hills and this this mountain god bless you that was quite the sneeze sorry thank you um uh, 
But then I was like, I just traveled to Seattle where, you know, I, I, the, the, I shared the story on, on here. Mount Rainier is there. And I famously didn't see it. Like, it's huge. Like, oh, it's no. one of the biggest mountains. Uh, it's one of the biggest mountains in, like, the contiguous United States. And so I was like, okay, I had never thought about this. What's the difference between a hill and a mountain? Do you have any idea, Jonathan? A mountain has a peak. Uh, I mean that's true, but these hills have peaks, and they're but, yeah, but the peaks are kind of like longer. Uh, mountains have to be a certain height. What height is that? I have no idea. That's for the mathematicians. Uh, see, that's what I thought too, Jonathan. So I tweeted this thought out, and the scientists came a knocking, and they were trying to troll me and you know make me feel stupid. And boy, did they look stupid after that conversation, John. Oh, because I was wondering. Um, what, what, at what point does a hill become a mountain, right? A mountain is made of rock, but a hill is made of grass. Incorrect. Incorrect. Yeah, you can have some of either, right? Uh, it is, you were on the right track. It, it is about the height. Okay. Okay. So here's the answer I got. The initial answer. They were very confident. These science people, they said a hill, it's a hill until 999 feet. It is a mountain at a thousand or more. And I said, that's yeah. that's actually a relatively satisfying answer. I have questions, but it's relatively satisfying. My first question is, um, you know, erosion happens, but also mountains and hills grow over time because of the plates and, the, you know, the tectonics and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So let's just say you live in a town called Mount Pleasant because there is a 1000 foot mountain there erosion happens it's now 999 feet you now live at pleasant hill <laughs> yeah the next you know a few a few years later the plates move a little bit and it goes down to a thousand one guess where you now live john where mount pleasant <laughs> yeah there's uh there's mount prospect near me there's no shot there's a mountain there anymore it's gotta be hill hill pleasant hill, hill prospect what'd you say mount prospect hill prospect Prospect Hill, I think, would be the correct term. Okay, there. Prospect Hill. Okay, um, so I had, I had, I just had questions about that, right? But then here was the kicker. Yeah, I said one. I was like, "Who decides this?" And they were like, "Science." And I said, "Okay, then how do you know? How do how do I, as a person, know looking out at me?" And they said, "You know what they told me? They said there mm -hmm. is no way, there is no way to measure a hill or a mountain." Because they were like, where do they measure from? Where's the bottom? Is there's a different bottom on, on at, at every point? Sometimes there's valleys. Sure. Sometimes it's flat. Sometimes it's underwater. Like, where does the hill slash mountain start? So they were trying to give me this perfectly scientific answer as I was being sarcastic. Like, oh, when does it become a hill and a mountain? Does it go back and forth? They tried to shut me down with their scientific answer. All I did was ask one follow-up question, and they crumbled. They were like, oh, <laughs> we don't know. So science doesn't even know. No one knows Taylor. what a hill or a mountain is, John. Taylor destroys science. <laughs> it bothered me so much because it was, <laughs> it was the first time in my life, in my adult life, I would say, that I looked for an answer for something and no one had it. Like... Like, mm. you know, every now and then it's like if I'm struggling with something theologically, if I'm struggling with the science of something, if I'm struggling with something. Yeah, I, I, there I, I just know implicitly that there are people smarter than me and more studious in this area than me. And I can go find the answer. And that has been proven okay. to me over and over and over again. So finally, I go to find this answer to this random question that I had. Like what I'm doing right now. Keep going. The scientists cannot decide and or tell us or measure correctly a hill or a mountain so obviously like mount rainier clearly a mountain right but these very tall hills in the hill country in texas no one can tell me if it's a mountain or not and i'm getting super sassy about it you couldn't even see it i was like holding my hand like this like the sassy girls do yeah so uh, i'm i'm confused why wouldn't you just go with the basic answer that showed up first on google uh because i have follow-up questions john <laughs> the basic I'm answer curious. on google is that a um a hill is is kind of like hilly. I hate to use the word its own oh, definition, but you great, know what I mean. Like it's got bumps, John. bumps, and mountains have peaks. Like no. like I said, but they're John. they're points, points. John, I was points. just in the hill country where these little like hundred foot hills have peaks. 
I need pictures, bro. Pictures or it didn't happen. Why don't you just come on the retreat like you were supposed to? (laughs) (laughs) Pictures or it didn't happen. You're going to get created by a steep rise in landscape. A steep rise. So the hill isn't a steep rise. It's a wide rise. John, I went straight up a hill in a Jeep this weekend. That's not was it in rollerblades? It was not in rollerblades. I would have died. <laughs> that would have been tough. Man, okay, I, I'm curious to where you're going with this. So he, here's I'm here's with my you. Thing. I'm not an expert on this. Yeah. Oh, you're not an expert. Clearly. Clearly. I was <laughs> gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I did watch Five Peaks, great show on Netflix. Was it? I never or even seven, heard of Seven Peaks. I literally never heard of that. A guy summits every single like tall mountain, like top seven or eight in the world within like 45 days. It's pretty insane. Nice. Yep. Um, so I, I had, a, I had a lot of thoughts about this because at first, my first thought, when I first saw these hills and mountains was I'm going to ask this question. Somebody's going to give me a really good answer and I'm going to come onto this show. And what I'm going to talk about is like, there are tenets of the faith that we don't understand. Right. Um, but somebody else does, somebody else knows them. We can go ask people that are more studious than us and find the correct answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- then that didn't happen, John. <laughs> and I started thinking about uh, it was I didn't have an answer for what I knew I had to bring this up, but I had no idea what like th- like you said, like where this is going, right? And then I started thinking about um, bioethics, which is a weird thing to transition to. Right? Yeah, wow. Okay, uh, because this I, I talk about it a lot. People might be tired of it, but it's a huge part of my life now. So get used to it. The foundations class. We had a big, a big Q and A. This, 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 uh, um, you know, this adult faith formation class that I'm running, and one of them was asking a very specific question about uh, in in vitro fertilization, right? And like, yeah. I think the church's teaching on in vitro fertilization is pretty clear, right? Because that's been around for a little while. But yeah. there was a question that said uh, that that was a little bit more cutting edge science, right? And I didn't know how to answer it. One, because it was just like, I'd never even heard of this, right? It was like, what to do with these fertilized eggs. It's like, can a Catholic adopt a fertilized egg? For sure. I love that question. And it was like, it it, it became more gray, right? Because it wasn't Mm -hmm. as black and white as somebody saying, hey, I would like to do in vitro fertilization. The church is black and white on that and says you should not do that. Okay. And and there are reasons behind that. And you can go find those answers pretty easily, right? But could you, John, could I? Um, adopt a, you know, somebody else froze their, the egg and sperm came together and they are now like, it's a child, right? And they're mm-hmm. frozen. Could, could we adopt them? And some tenants right. of the faith would say no. And some tenants of the faith would say yes. Right. So it's this gray area that's like more cutting edge and new. And like, so I, I started thinking, I was like, there's, there's two answers to this. One, there's probably some bioethicist, you know, theologian, that has answered this question. It's just not common enough for even me to have heard about it when I'm pretty into this stuff. Right. Um, so definitely like the common public hasn't heard about it. Right. If I'm like constantly seeking answers like this, but then Mm -hmm. secondly, I was like, whether it's this example or not, and somebody might listen to this and say, you know, they, they know the answer. They, you know, they, they've met the bioethicist or whatever. That'd be great. I'd love to know that answer. Right. And it's something that actually between now and this, like this recording and, like I'll actually have looked up the answer because I need to go answer it again for next Monday, right? <laughs> right, um, right. But I would love to hear somebody knows that answer. But anytime there are new scientific advances, science is happening faster than theology can happen. How how is the theology? Because the truths of theology don't change, but the, the the things in life that it needs to apply to change rather rapidly. And mm-hmm. it gets a little bit more gray until it's not, until theologians have a chance to look at it you know, comprehend it and then share about it. And that's all I could think about with this hill mountain thing. I was like, it's gray. It goes back and forth between hill and mountain. We can't perfectly measure it. And it's like, obviously hills and mountains aren't the cutting edge of, of science, but like, that's what I started thinking about. What do you think? Um, I think it's great. I love how your brain works. It works like no other person I've ever met You're welcome. before. Uh, <laughs> to go from that to bioethics is <laughs> like the wildest thing, but I appreciate that. I think you're right. Uh, I think I think it would be hilarious to have a mountain hill expert on the show. Seriously, it'd be hilariously ironic in a 20 minute conversation about it would be fun. Uh, I know Taylor a guy named mountain mountains and hills. Catholic. I don't think See? that applies. <laughs> um, so what do, what do you want my thoughts on? What part? Uh, any of whatever 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 uh, stoked your brain there. 
I mean, if, if anytime I get into a situation where I'm like, what does the church teach about this? I just text JD Flynn. Um, and he gives me the answer. So I would send him a message and he'll give you the answer you need for Monday or point you to the person about, who does. About hills and mountains? Um, yeah, no, <laughs> the theology part. And then, you know, this is, might be wildly off topic, but you know my opinion and where my head went. Like I, at Napa, one of the only sessions I went to, because I was mostly just networking and having business meetings and, and having fun with, with new friends, uh, was was uh, Father Spitzer. Have you heard of Father yeah, Spitzer? Yeah, I have, yeah. He's like the, I've never heard, I'd heard his name, but I had never like been in, I've had a chance to hear him speak or whatever. Dude is a, is the probably the smartest guy I've had a chance to meet in the Catholic church and in the science world. Present company and excluded. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, had just wild things to say about science and like where science and religion are right now and how most young scientists now identify as theists instead of atheists, which is different than kind of the boomer generation. That whole thing was fascinating, but I, it gives me hope your whole conversation and mixed with meeting father Spitzer and hearing him speak gives me hope for the future of our church that we have people out there doing those things, researching those things. And I'm going to butcher the quote, so I'm going to try it. But St. John Paul II has a great quote about how science and uh, and religion coexist in a beautiful way. And that, and, and again, look up the quote. I don't have it memorized. Something about how like theology can purify science from false idolatries and science can purify theology from something else. But it's very cool. Um, but I, that's just what, what reminded me of. I think I have the quote right here. You want to end with this quote? Yeah. I think I've got it. When you see your brother, you see God. I don't have any <laughs> brothers. I'm Taylor Schroll. That's my brother, Jonathan Bearded Blevins. We hope you enjoyed today's show. I'll be back next week. John will be back next month. See ya! <laughs>guys so much for being with us today we hope that you enjoyed it if you did please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already uh leave a comment on youtube uh uh so hit uh, what's the other thing review on podcast leave it leave us five stars whether you're listening on apple podcast spotify wherever you are listening give us that five star rating it just helps other people to find the show you guys are awesome i'll be back soon love you